everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. So we've been talking about a very important personality, someone that we're very familiar with, someone that both critics and the curious lean into when you discuss this subject. I'm talking about the devil. Now, some people, when I say the devil, are like, hey, come on, man. You tell me you believe in the devil. Surely it's just because of a damaged chromosome that we have so much evil in the world. Surely it's because of a financial situation or a poverty mentality. That's why you've got evil. Others are like, well, I believe in the devil, and some people actually become obsessed with demons and the devil. I believe we need to have a balanced approach. And yes, I believe in the devil because I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out there is a sinister, evil force wreaking havoc in our world today. All we have to do is look around and see that. Why do people kill one another? Why are there wars? Why do millions and millions of people go to bed each and every night hungry? Why do adults molest children? Why, why, why? Well, there's got to be an evil personality out there. And what's so fascinating is whenever Jesus talked about the devil, he talked about him in a personal way. He talked about this personality. We need to understand something. The devil is not equal in power with God. In other words, the devil is powerful, but he's not omnipotent. The devil is smart, but he's not omniscient. The devil is mobile, but he's not omnipresent. The devil is a created being. The devil knows the Bible better than most. Also, the devil understands history because when we study history, we have to read about it. We weren't there. The evil one was there. He understands history because he lived it and breathed it like none of us on the planet. Have you ever seen Google Earth before? Anybody seen Google Earth? Is that crazy? You see an Earth, you type in some address. One time I typed in my address, and boom, it goes from zooming out to zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, to such detail, I actually could see some of my dogs asleep on the driveway when the photo was taken. That's pretty detailed, isn't it? Zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. So very quickly, as we talk about the enemy, I want us to zoom out for a second and look at the big picture of the devil. I want to argue God's case because the Bible talks a lot about the devil. It doesn't give us everything about him, but to understand what he's going to do, we have to look back and see what he's done. So let me zoom out for a second, and then when I end this talk, we're going to zoom in and get very, very detailed because I'm here to tell you, some of you right now, some of you right now are in the throes of a temptation. You're in the throes of a pull. You're in the throes of thinking about doing something that you know in your heart of hearts is not right, but you're saying to yourself, well, it feels right. I mean, it really feels good. And, and your emotions and your mind and your will are like, yeah, I, I, I understand, but it just, surely it's right. 
Well, I want to talk to you specifically because we've all been in those circumstances and situations. But first of all, let's zoom out and talk about the devil. The devil. The devil was named Lucifer. Lucifer led worship in heaven, believe it or not. And when you think about Lucifer, the name Lucifer means star of the morning. Think about a throne. Lucifer always has had throne issues. When God makes something, makes a personality, that personality has a freedom of choice. The Apostle Paul calls it the mystery of iniquity. For some crazy reason, Lucifer did not like God getting all the glory. He was one of the archangels, so he tried to do this cosmic kingdom coup to usurp God from the throne, to dethrone God and enthrone himself. That happened in heaven because, again, created beings have a freedom of choice. He convinced a third of the angels to try to to establish and start this war against God. It didn't work. He was cast out of heaven to earth. Some of the demons were slam dunked to hell. Some roam around today. Satan, who is now the accuser, the adversary, is out there doing what he does. Now, we know his days are numbered. We know as believers we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Yet, he is trying to carry out his vendetta against man. He's trying to win a war. He's trying to do the throne thing in your life and mine that he didn't do in heaven. So every time we enthrone ourselves, every time we enthrone the enemy and dethrone God, we're giving Satan a victory on earth that he did not secure in heaven. So he wants to accomplish through mankind, what he didn't get done in heaven. Do you understand me so far? Oh yeah, okay. So, he's kicked out, he's on earth. Go back to the garden, what does he do? He comes up to Adam and Eve, and he begins his whole temptation process. And his temptation in the garden is the same issue he had back in the heavenlies. The tissue of the issue is the throne. He tried to get Adam and Eve, to what? Dethrone God and enthrone themselves. They didn't realize it. When they did so, they were enthroning the devil. The devil got this micro victory. That's what happened. Well, he realized, as you study the history, again, we're zooming out, that the Trinity was going to do something pretty tremendous. The devil realized the Trinity was going to, to do this reconciliation thing. The devil realized the Trinity was going to send Jesus, the God of grace, to provide you and me an opportunity to give our lives to him, to, to, to open up the throne room of our lives and allow Jesus to take control of the throne. I want to stop and say something. All of us, even someone who's on the brink of believing right now, even someone who's been a believer for a long time, all of us are hardwired for the Lord to reign and rule and to sit on the throne of our lives. Have you ever seen these, these, these things in, in cars today where you sit down in the seat and you adjust the seat the way you want it and you push a button, either one, two, or three or whatever, and it automatically, when you push that button, kind of forms into the way that you like to sit in your car or truck. Do you have a car like that? I do. We have, we have those cars like that. Well, Lisa, she, she drives my wife in a unique way. She's tall, 
but she drives with a steering wheel like right here. And I have long legs, so invariably when I'm driving her car, I try to get in, it's like, I can't, I can't even drive. It's horrible. I'm like this until I, you know what I'm saying to you? I can't drive because it's not set for me. When I try, or when you try to drive this vehicle, when we try to run the show, it's not designed for us to do so. And it's called the sinfulness of sin. In other words, when I put myself on the throne in the driver's seat, number one, I'm falling short of the glory of God. I'm sinning. We understand that. But also, what most people are clueless about, I'm giving the devil, you're giving the devil victory and we're allowing him to run the show. Thus, it affects our mind, our emotions, and our will. Say that with me. Mind, emotions, and will. That's your soul. That is my soul. So it's a soulish thing. It's a deep thing. So it's not just, oh yeah, I sinned. I'm allowing the enemy this opportunity to wreak havoc in my life. Adam and Eve messed up. You've got the fallenness of man. We inherited the sin nature. The devil realized, I'm still zooming out now. Wow, Jesus is going to show up. So the devil tried to block the birth of Jesus. He was so busy looking in the nurseries and the palaces that he missed the stable. He neglected the stable. Jesus was born in a manger, an ordinary piece of farm furniture, grew up, and the first news that the devil heard about it was when the wise men cruised through Herod's mansion. They said, Herod, where is the king of the Jews? Where is this Christ child, the king? And Herod growled, what? A king? I'm the only king around here. I'm the man. What happened? Every male child, two years of age and under, was killed. And the devil thought, oh man, I've got him. I killed him. I killed Jesus. Yeah, I didn't block the birth, but I killed him. Well, you know the story. Jesus got out. He went to Egypt. So, Satan thinks he's taken out the Trinity's shot against him to reconcile man with God through Christ. He's blown away when Jesus emerges out of the Jordan River during his baptism when the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove, and the Father says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. The devil's like, what? I thought I'd taken him out. Now he's alive, so he quickly changes tactics. So think about it. In heaven, he's fighting God. On earth, he fights man. Now he's fighting God again. Now he's got to block Jesus, he's got to mess him up. He's got to get him off purpose. Let me stop for a second, throw in some quick application. Whenever we're tempted by the enemy, it's always about purpose. He does not want you, nor does he want me, to discover the purpose that God has in our life. And we're going to see this as we zoom in in just a second. Well, he thinks he's got Jesus because... He works through Judas to betray him. He's arrested. And then when Jesus 
died on the cross for your sins and mine, the devil is like dancing. I mean, for three days, he's like dancing. It's parte time. On the third day, though, Jesus burst forth with resurrection power. He conquered death. It was the death of death. We inherited sin through the first Adam. The second Adam, though, took the brunt, took the licks for your sin and mine, conquered death, conquered sin, rose again, and now he can give us the opportunity for us to give him the throne and the seat is only made for Jesus. It's only made for him. I don't know about you, but whenever I try to sit in this chair myself, I swim lap after lap of regret. Are you the same way? If only I had. If only I could have. If only, if only, if only God wants to save us from all of that. Zooming out, it's all about the flow of the enemy. He is against the throne. The tissue of the issue is the throne. He's all about dethroning God and enthroning himself. He's trying to accomplish on earth what he didn't get done in heaven. His days are numbered, yet he's the adversary, the tormentor, the tempter, the liar, the condemner. Well, that's good. That's a quick theology lesson on the devil. I didn't realize all that stuff. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That is pretty interesting. Well, now let's zoom in. Let's get so close that we can see the dogs in the driveway of your life and mine. I want to talk about the temptation process that Satan always uses. This is the template for temptation, whether you find yourself in middle school, graduate school, medical school, your new school, or old school, no matter what socioeconomic level, no matter how much money you've got or you don't got, no matter what the color of your skin is, no matter where you're from, the enemy always uses this template of temptation. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That played out in the garden, plays out in 1 John when the writer talks about it, and it plays out in the temptation of Christ. I've had the opportunity to travel to Israel several times, and I've been to that barren wasteland, that place where Jesus was tempted. It's interesting, after a spiritual high point, after he felt the most valuable, after the baptism, the Bible says Jesus was driven out into the wilderness. There he was tempted, after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Think about it, the first Adam, I'm talking about like Eve's husband, the first Adam was tempted in paradise. The second Adam, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. The first Adam fumbled the ball and sinned. The second Adam emerged sinless and victorious. The first Adam was, was full, everything was fine and dandy, he ate organic, 
He was healthy and wealthy. Jesus, though, was hungry. He had nothing, completely and totally vulnerable. So the parallels are really, really interesting. You think about the wilderness. You remember God's people, the Jews, in the wilderness? God allowed them to go through a test, but the test quickly turned into a temptation, and they messed up. Here's the tweet of the day. Every time I speak, I try to give you a tweet of the day. The enemy tempts us to do wrong. God tests us to be strong. The enemy tempts us to do wrong. God tests us to be strong. So God had his people there testing them. He wanted them to be strong in the wilderness. Yet they did wrong. It turned into a temptation. Jesus, though, even though he was tempted, even though he, he, he was tested and all of that emerged sinless. And it's interesting, and no one understands this, Jesus fully God and fully man. No one can wrap their little pea brain around that. It's the incarnation of Christ. Jesus, though, fought the temptation without using his supernatural powers. He fought the temptation as a man. Now, some are saying, well, was he still God? Yes. Again, I don't understand it all. I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. But think about the template of temptation. Basically, the first one was all about food, the temptation of food. He's in the wilderness. He's going one-on-one -on -one with the enemy. The enemy is taking his best shot at him. Check it out. We're zooming in now. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. Now, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God had just descended on him in the form of a dove. And now the same Spirit is driving him into the wilderness to be tempted. You might want to highlight the word tempted, tempt or temptation. What does it mean to be tempted? It's a legitimate need plus a little doubt that segues into a deadly desire. That's what temptation means. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The catalyst of this situation was hunger. The enemy likes to attack you and me, A, when we're feeling valuable, invincible, we got the big raise, the windfall, something has grown, we've scored the winning touchdown or whatever, watch out. Or when we're totally vulnerable, when we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, I just said halt, halt, watch out. Here Jesus, the Son of God, fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he's vulnerable, and the enemy comes in. The tempter came to him, if you're the Son of God. Just a little doubt, a little question. If you're the Son of God. you got to laugh at that because the Father just said, after the baptism, this is my Son, whom I'm well pleased. I thought that was uh, interesting. Tell these stones to become bread. What's so stunning about the stones in this valley that I've walked in Israel is the fact that the stones look like loaves of bread. I mean, they, they really look like the loaves that people sell on the streets in Jerusalem and the other cities. So he's like, okay, just, you know, 
if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. I mean, instant food, instantaneous, fast food, Jesus. And Jesus came back, it is written, bam, two-edged sword. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Wow. It is written. It is written. It is written. The lust of the flesh. Well, God has given me these desires, this desire for sex. And the desire for sex is a God-given desire. It's a legitimate desire. Yet, when we use it in an illegitimate way, we're going to have problems. I was talking to a friend of mine this past summer. And obviously, he's involved in sex outside of marriage. I asked him point blank. I know him well enough to ask him. He said yes. He said, but you know, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. And I know God has the best for me. And I'm just seeing if this girl is the one. I said, wait a minute. Are you, you've got to be kidding me. Sex is given to us for marriage. And when you edge God off the throne and put yourself on the throne, you're putting Satan on the throne. He's affecting your mind, your emotions, and your will. So I said, there is no way, my man. You can make the right call, and there's no way God is going to bless your life. You're telling me that God is blessing your life? He's not going to do it. It's not going to happen for you. So we have these desires, legitimate desires. The desire to eat, the desire to procreate, the desire to live. That's awesome. We use those desires in an illegitimate way. What are we doing? We're sinning. We are putting the enemy on the throne to wreak havoc in our soul. The second temptation. The devil just turns up the volume. He's talking to Jesus now. Again, Jesus. The lust of the eye. He takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple, overlooking the Kidron Valley. And what's ironic is, this same temple is where the Jews thought the Messiah would parade in. I'm the Messiah, yeah, I'm in the house. And, and Jesus is on the pinnacle of the temple with the enemy. And here's where the enemy quotes Psalm chapter 91 out of context. Let me say that again. Quote Psalm 91 out of context. Here's what he tells Jesus. He says, Jesus, come on, man. Throw yourself down. Throw yourself down from the top of the temple. You'll drop, you know, 450 feet, not the full 500 feet. The angels will catch you like all pro wide receivers. It's going to be sweet. Jesus, who are you? You're a carpenter. I mean, you've grown up in obscurity. You have like two followers on Instagram. <laughs> you can have as many followers as Justin Bieber. You jump off the temple, people see, they'll be like, oh my God. Wow, this is, <laughs> they might be saying, oh my God, and yes, you are God, right? Be, <laughs> you'll have millions and millions of followers like that. It's a shortcut. Again, the first temptation, instant food, use your powers for yourself. 
Use your desires for yourself. Now, instant fame. Does the Bible say that, that I, should not, I should not desire influence? Does the Bible say I should not desire approval? It doesn't say that. I mean, it's great. It, we, we want to, to be known and, and all of that. Yet, God will do all of that in our lives. Whenever I've tried to get, and whenever you try to get ahead of God to do a certain thing for the crowd or for your peers and like, God, yeah, I'm going to do what I got to do. And I know once I do it, I can call you in and, and you'll bless me. I'll put a God sticker on it. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. God doesn't work that way. I'll live like hell. And then at the end, I'll say, God, come and help me. God, you rescue me. That's what, that's what the devil was saying. And he leaves out part of Psalm 91. He leaves out in all your ways. He leaves out Jesus and people stepping on the head of the serpent, of course, which he is the serpent. And let's, let's check it out. If you're the son of God, again, throw yourself down, for it's written, he will command his angels concerning you. They'll lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, bam, it's written. Papoom! Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Out of context. I can make the Bible say anything if I take text out of context. Because the text out of context becomes a pretext. I can stand up here and preach to you, oh, everybody here should be a squillionaire. And you'd be like, man, I didn't realize the Bible said that. The Bible doesn't. But I can take verses out of context, and you're like, whoa. The Bible says it's God's will for every single person to be healed. Everybody. I can, I can do a pretty convincing message. But guess what? Out of context. You understand that? Some denominations build their entire denomination on scriptures out of context. One of the enemy's favorite things to do is to take scripture out of context. It's not salvation by grace. you got to work for it. It's amazing how that happens. Out of context, out of context, out of context, it becomes a pretext. So make sure whenever you make any decision, make sure when you're faced, when you're faced with the temptation, does what I'm thinking about, feeling, does the action I'm ready to take, my mind, emotions, and will, does it all square with Scripture. I mean, just, just recently, there was a lady, total rebellion against God, and on her Facebook, she posts this, this scripture. And I'm thinking to myself, that is so whack. Here she is, totally turning her back on God's word and God's will, and yet she's posting some scripture to try to justify it. I'm like, what? Then I said, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> it's amazing how we can do that. Be very, very careful. Fast food, boom. I'll use my desire, this legitimate desire, in an illegitimate way. Boom. Fast fame. I'll do whatever it is I need to do just to get the applause and the approval of the crowd. Then I'll put the God sticker on it. 
I'll, I'll like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I met a family uh, years ago. You know, our daughter is really talented. She can sing, and I think she could, she could be a starlet in Hollywood one day. And I promise you, once she makes it big, she'll give all the glory to Jesus. Now, if you're talented enough to do that, great. But 99.999999% of those people sell their soul. You know that. So, hey, if God takes you down that path, and right, if you're obedient to him the whole way, but to just divorce church, to do the stiff arm of the things and the people of God, and to do what you've got to do to get to that certain level, uh-uh, uh-uh. God doesn't play that way. No shortcuts. Third temptation, temptation of fortune. It's the pride of life. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. First of all, he doesn't even run the kingdoms of the world, but he's showing Jesus the kingdoms of the world. He goes, hey, if you'll give me a brief bend of the knee, Jesus, just a brief bend of the knee, everything will be cool. I'll give all the kingdoms to you. If you bow down and worship me, again, there's the throne issues again. He cannot get away from the tissue of the issue, which is the throne issue. He works that way in your life and mine. Now, I'm saved, I'm a follower of Christ because Jesus is in my life. Yet, I can kind of move Jesus to the side, right? Put Ed on the throne and I'm like this, driving it, right? And it doesn't work. It affects my mind, my emotions, and my will. So I'm talking right now to those here who are followers of Christ. And if you're not a follower of Christ, you don't realize it, when you try to run the show, you are giving the enemy free reign. Your mind, your emotions, your will, your body, everything. And most people don't know it. That's why people are like, man, the world's crazy. People are nuts. I think they're just seeing, in fact, I know they're seeing the result of the wrong person sitting on the throne. So Jesus said to him, get out of my face, you liar, you condemner, you, you, you lunatic. Get out of my face. For it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the angels ministered to Jesus. You see what was happening here? Satan was going like, all right, yeah, you, you have the angel, angels to catch you like wide receivers. And Jesus knew he had to go through it. To get to it, you got to go through it. And then on the other side, in God's timing, the angels will rescue. This whole deal is about purpose. This whole deal is about God's agenda. You see, when I use my gifts and abilities for myself, it, 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 it doesn't work. If I use the ability, for example, to make money for myself, Suddenly, I think, I'm the man. I'm the woman. When I use the ability to create for myself, I'm the man. I'm the woman. When I use the ability to lead, to teach, to speak, to sing, whatever your gift is, for myself, it becomes out of focus. It affects the totality of who I am. But when I say, God, you're God, and as I return those gifts and abilities to him as an act of worship, that is when it comes together. An interview with the devil. 
to see what he's going to do, we've got to look and see what he's done. We see the temptation. We see the template. Once you open the can up of your life and invite Jesus to come in, you're literally opening up a can on the enemy. We're fighting not for victory, from victory. He's a defeated foe. We serve a Savior who's been there, who's been tempted and tested like we never, ever will. Lean into him, and he will give you and even me victory. Let's bow our heads for prayer. God, I want to talk specifically to those here who are believers. You know, it's that struggle, isn't it, that we have. Yes, Jesus is in our lives. We're going to heaven, but it's that struggle because I believe some here are in a wilderness right now. Some here feel in your emotions. You think in your mind, and, and, and with your will, you're getting ready to, to, to do something, to get involved in something that you know doesn't square with God's Word. Maybe you have a question about it. Make sure it squares with God's Word, because I'm telling you, He has your best interests in mind. Others here, hey, you're like, you know, Ed, I, I've never relinquished control of the throne of my life to the Lord, and right now, right now I want to do that. If you want to do that, just pray this prayer with me. It's the greatest prayer you'll ever pray. You're like, you know, Ed, I just don't feel right in the seat. It, it doesn't feel right. Just pray this prayer. Just say, God, I admit to you the obvious that I'm a sinner, that I've done things and said things and thought things that I know don't honor you. I turn from that and turn to you, Lord. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, rose again. You reconciled me to God. And right now, because I have a freedom of choice, I choose you to sit on the throne of my life to take control of me. If you prayed that prayer with me for the first time, that's the greatest thing, the greatest step you'll ever take. God, thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.